if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have two of my very best friends, Taylor Lou Dixon and Adi Kaziu. Taylor is a lifestyle design coach and business mentor obsessed with helping mission-driven fempreneurs scale their online businesses by mastering the art and science of deeply integrated leadership. Adi is the CEO and founder of Working Against Gravity and co-host of the WAG podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how to cultivate high-level friendships and how creating community deeply impacts your sex life and relationships for the better. I so thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> recording this show. I went over to Adi's house. We had two microphones for three people and we had such a great time passing the mics around, laughing, connecting, and sharing 
on a podcast recording, basically how we became friends and how we maintain really deep friendship. And I say this all the time on the show that probably the second most requested thing or most asked question set of questions outside of sex and relationship specific questions has to do with how I have created and cultivated community. And then I especially get asked, how have I created such strong female friendships that has really truly impacted my life in ways I could have never even anticipated just several years ago. And I'm so glad that I put in the work in order to create these kinds of relationships. And it is an absolute honor to share two of my best friends with you and uh, <laughs> the cackling, the depth, and then even the excitement and surprise at the very end of the show. I hope that you all enjoy. Let's do this. Okay. Um, hello. This is off to a great start already. Um, listeners of That Sex Chick, meet my friends. Hey. We're those sex friends. Yes, you are those my- sex friends. Well, sexed friends is what the Google Doc is called. Okay. Is that what this episode's called? I, you know, I don't know yet. Okay. So to start this off, to provide all the context. So the vast majority of my audience is women. Uh, when I look at the insights and it tells me where people are located and all of that jazz and the age range and the breakdown, male, female, if there's only two options. Well, usually there's also other, but it's 77% female, which I didn't know and until recently. I actually didn't know that there was an insights button that I could touch on Instagram that would tell me that information. And then there's also some insights that I can get on the podcast too. So anyway, I have lots of ladies that pay attention to my socials and other than sex related questions, other than people asking about relationship advice and how to communicate with their partners and all that stuff, the questions that I get more next, the largest amount next after those are what's up with your friends. And, but I mean, more phrase, phrase like, I really love what I see and you all seem so genuine. And how do I do that? And so it's really interesting. I never thought that I would talk as publicly as I talk about it because I, you know what? I never had friends like I have, like I've never had friendships like I have with y'all and, and the rest of the community in Austin. And so I figured I could have this podcast episode be all about friendships and a variety of topics under the umbrella of friendships. I figured I, I could have this and that the fact that I have a lot of people asking this question on a sex podcast. Yes. It either point them to this, but it gives me permission to have a whole episode be about this. Yeah. You don't need permission. Get it, girl. Have an episode about whatever you want. <laughs> True friendship. <laughs> yeah. And you too. You know, I, now that I want to hog up the whole beginning of this episode and just like gush about the two of you. Do it, do it. But I will. I mean, Adi, you and Michael have been on the show and I did that for the first like five minutes too. But fuck, I love you both so fucking much. And I had no idea that friendships 
could feel like this, could be like this. Like I'm so all in on the both of you. Like I'm in on my partner, partner, my, my romantic relationship. Like I just appreciate you both so much for being in my life, for continuing to show up, for being a beautiful and sometimes not so beautiful mirror to (laughs) know. I love that you give me permission, whether you know it or not, to be who I am. And that means I don't have to try to be the things that I'm not. And I so admire the fact that I'm a totally different creature than the both of you. And I feel like I'm seen and I feel like I am um, admired and respected for my differences and just so easy to be friends with y'all. And I couldn't imagine having this conversation. Well, first off, I couldn't have had this conversation a couple of years ago because I didn't know that this existed in the world. And so y'all's friendship has transformed the woman that I am becoming. I fucking love you both so much. And it's going to be really fun sharing two microphones between the three of us for the next 45 minutes or so. (laughs) I think you should beat each other with it. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Well, I love you too so much. And I love that intro. Yay. How do you feel about it, Taylor? You can take this microphone out of my hands at any point. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that was beautiful. And I feel the same about both of you. It's really incredible. I think community and friendship in the way that we've created it is the number one desire for most people that I come in contact with right now. And I just feel very grateful that we have intentionally created that over this past, has it only been a year? No, it's been longer than that. Two years? Oh, five been, years? I mean, COVID's been here for almost a year. Isn't that crazy? I get two. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I would love for each of you, and I will give you my microphone this time. Um, I would love for each of you to tell the listeners a little bit about what you do, um, because I think we all more or less became friends and started our friendship journey um, without knowing what the others did, which I professionally, which I thought was awesome for a variety of reasons, which I will not get into now. So I'd, I'd rather start with you sharing a little bit about who you are and what you're about, and maybe just a little bit about how you navigated friendships in your life. All right, I will kick us off. My name is Taylor Liu, and I am an image consultant and business mentor for visionary powerhouse vampreneurs. And I really specialize in helping women in business to reinvent themselves from the inside out and build and scale a sustainable business. So I, my path with female friendships, I think like many women fraught with betrayal. No, I'm just kidding. There's a little (laughs) bit, there's a little bit of that in there for sure. Um, I remember having a really tight group of girlfriends in high school in the first couple of years of high school. And at one point it just completely imploded. We just all got in this huge fight and I ended up completely leaving the school, not just because of that, but that was definitely a factor. And the, I think there was definitely some trauma that was created in that event of feeling like you can have strong female friendships and it won't last. I think that was the belief that was imprinted because for two years we were like so tight. We did everything together. We were obsessed with each other. And then all of a sudden it was like, we never spoke 
again, like I, I talked to one, maybe two of the girls out of that group. And other than that, like I haven't spoke to them since high school. So that was like pretty interesting to happen early on. And then since then, I think because of that, I became pretty guarded in how close I let people into my life with friendships. And I think with male friendships as well. And I was the girl in college who had tons of friends, tons of acquaintances. Everyone knew who I was. I think in a lot of people's eyes, I was super popular. Like I had tons of friends and I had very few people that I felt genuinely deeply cared about me. And more importantly, actually knew my most authentic express self. And that I think that was my way of protecting myself during that time. And it it carried over even after college or a few years where I just could not find the people that I like to call my people. And I feel like I can, especially as an adult, I recognize my people immediately. I can have like one conversation with someone. I'm like, oh, this is my people. And it doesn't happen super often until I moved to Austin. And then I was like, whoa, my people are everywhere, which is super exciting. Um, but it, wa- it really wasn't until moving to Austin, Texas, where I really found those deep connections and I, I started to let people in. I think that was the big thing is that I made the conscious choice. I'm going to let people in again. I'm going to let people see me. I'm going to have the depth of relationships where it's not all bright and shiny all the time because I had this deep fear of conflict, probably because of what happened in high school. I never wanted the boat to be rocked in relationship. So it was easier to stay more surface level. And then um, just meeting you all and going deeper with these relationships and navigating conflict, navigating discomfort, navigating boundaries. It's created this deeper level of intimacy that I was craving that I didn't really realize that I was craving. Like these are the deepest, truest, most real relationships that I've had in a very long time. I love that. Man, I didn't know that all about you. There's a couple of things in there that were new. Cool. Full of surprises. Um, my, I'm a D, Kaju, and I am the CEO and founder of a company called Working Against Gravity, where we uh, do one-on-one nutrition coaching and help people all over the world achieve their nutrition and fitness-related goals. Um, whether you want to gain weight, lose weight, perform better, we can help you do that and enjoy your life at the same time. And we also teach other nutrition coaches how to become nutrition coaches and build nutrition businesses of their own completely online. Um, that's like my professional life in my personal life. I'm a mom. I have a five month old baby boy, uh, which is really exciting and new. Um, I have a labradoodle named Otis and, um, my husband and I live in Austin, Texas, Tejas. Um, and my journey in female friendships was maybe like similar in a lot of ways and different. I have, I grew up really overweight like around 200 pounds when I was 16. And I think there's a piece of that, that when I unpack it now in retrospect, that was, if I'm bigger, I'm kind of more invisible. And it was my way of kind of not standing out and not like way of an excuse to, to just hide from people 
I think it was like, I was afraid I had some social awkwardness and I just was, I had this weird awkwardness around female friendships and I wanted to be in the popular group so bad that I was willing to be like the one in the popular group that people made fun of. And it didn't matter because I was in the popular group. Right. And um, then I was overweight for the first two years of high school and then lost weight for the last two years of high school. And I think it like really messed with my mind of, oh, people now are only friends with me because of the way that I look. And I have had this story for a really long time that I just am not good at female friendships. Just I'm not good at it. I'm super awkward. I don't know what to say. I'm very intimidated. And I played sports for a lot of my life. And I just was around men a lot. Even in when I started getting into fitness, it's just a lot of men around. And when I started getting into business, it's a lot of men around. You go to masterminds or you go to all these things. And it's a lot of men all over the place, like male entrepreneurs. And I would use it to my advantage sometimes because if I'm the woman, I'm like the novel one in the room. And uh, so there's probably a piece of like being threatened by other women as well as just feeling incredibly uncomfortable. And then when I moved to Austin uh, in 2016, so I don't know, almost five years ago, and my husband was like, hey, you need to go on a blind date with a different woman every single week. And he really, really encouraged me to make female friendships. And I just like did it. I just really went ahead and started trying and making new friends. And um, I have, you know, been close with people and made mistakes and gotten in conflicts with people. And recently, I think through those experiences, it helped me figure out who my people are. I think that I needed to harness the skill. Whereas like you went through the journey where like, now you feel like you have harnessed the skill of like, Oh, you're my people. I don't think my, my intuition is that honed in. I feel like I need to, it maybe takes me some time to even be myself around somebody. I have to like be around them a couple of times, um, or in the opposite direction. Um, and now that I've, I feel full in terms of like sisterhood right now. Like I genuinely, we were just talking before the show about how I was hanging out with a new group of girls and everyone was talking about how they deeply wanted like female connection and to be able to show up as their true selves and have people show up for them. And I couldn't say that because I really believe I already have that, especially when I just had a baby and to see how our friends and our community have showed up for us. It's like, it is one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten in my whole life. For real. Mm. You all need it, listeners. <laughs> Whether you know it or not. Adina you do. Knows. You Adina do. Knows. It's true. I didn't even know that it was true. So um, my history, my story is a, a little similar, I would say, to yours in a sense of I like, I just, I feel like I remember how awkward I was. Like, like I remember very strange specific details about how awkward and like just the way that I would interact in dynamics with people and like like things I would say to myself like in the mirror it makes yeah I kind of it's kind of cringeworthy so the very first I would say spiritual experience I ever really remember having was Taylor you'll love this at an A-Fest she makes fun of me because all the cool people that I know are from an event called A-Fest anyway the first one I went to I met a guy named Gregorio Avanzani, and he was the breathwork guy. He was just notorious for this breath of fire 
breathwork thing that he did. And I'd never done breathwork before in my life. I had just gotten into personal development. I went to this thing on a whim. My brother-in-law was like, don't drink the Kool-Aid as I walked out of the door with my bags. And I was like, bye, see y'all never. Like, I'm going to go make new friends. This is fucking stupid. Anyway, so I went to this, I went to A-Fest and then one of the nights, it was like an impromptu, you got to go to this breath work. It's like pop-up style. It wasn't like one of the official thing. So I go and I'm doing this breath work thing and I'm like listening how to breathe and I'm like going into it. I'm like, oh, this is challenging, whatever this breath work thing is. And I'm breathing and all of a sudden it gets kind of painful. And then all of a sudden my hands start to get tingly and I get like lobster claw. You know, I don't know if y'all have ever done breath work where like everything starts to just get weird. And I, I go into this breath work and I like, I don't know if it's like a DMT release or what, what the, what the, the technical thing that happens, but I snapped into a memory. I like went into a memory as if I were watching it as the adult me. I went to almost, I think I was maybe seven years old and I was at um, the primary school and I was on the playground and I walked up and I, I was kind of awkward and I like went to this school and then went to a Catholic school and then went back to this particular school, I would say. So these, these kids stayed together and I was there and then I left and then I went and then I was back. So this is primary school. And I remember walking up to these two girls that were very close, Katie and Hannah were their names, right? So I remember walking up to them and they were playing and I wanted to play. And so I walked up to both of them and I said, can I play with you? And I don't know who went first, but Katie, or like seven, said to Hannah uh, or said to me, I don't like confrontation, ask Katie. And then Katie went, I don't like confrontation, ask Hannah. And they did it a few times and then they ran away from me. And it's one of those things that like, I had no idea that it had that impact. I didn't even know that, like I remembered it. And it was one of those things that I remember joking about it because I then left that school, went to Catholic school so I could get fucked up in a different way over there. And then I went back to that high school where everyone was a little older. And I remember like towards the end kind of mentioning it to them. And they were like, I don't remember that. I didn't say that. And but I remembered it and I didn't know the effect that it was having on me until I saw it in my breathwork journey. I saw myself as an adult, as a little girl saying, saying this, receiving this and then them running away and being left in that space. And like, I almost want to cry, like, like telling the story because the adult me walked up to the little me and like I got down on my knees and I hugged myself, like my adult self hugged my little self. And then I just said to her, it gets better. It's going to get so much better. And then the little me melted into my heart until I was hugging myself. And that was my first breathwork journey. I like, I sobbed. I cried all the ugly tears you can imagine. Like I, and then I got out of the breathwork journey and I was like, what the fuck was that? And then you got certified, right? And then I did. And then I, well, certified, I went to some workshops that I could learn how to facilitate uh, breathwork journeys that are similar to that. Yes. So fast forward. But it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I had no idea that I was putting up a wall because this abandonment thing, people leave. 
And then when I say that I resonate with your story, Adi, is I kept that very awkward, gawky, big butt, skinny, everything else, like freckles, braces, glasses, frizzy hair I didn't know how to tame. It was cut like a mushroom. Like it was so bad. And then all of a sudden junior year happened and some shit figured itself out. And that was the year I got hot. <laughs> I say the same thing. At junior year was the year I got hot. And I started competing in pageants. I went from zero to like totally swinging the other way queen. to orange queen. Yes, exactly. The zero orange, to queen. orange queen. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was really then that, oh, then the guys started to pay attention to me. And then the girls wanted to pay attention to me because the guys were paying attention to me. And it was such a mind fuck. I, I remember just the the weird awkward times where I didn't at least didn't look that awkward anymore but I didn't know who was actually my friend and I just I didn't really know what this whole friendship thing could be and um you know fast forward from there and I was on cruise ships and people were coming and going and they were really great friends if you drank all night with them and got off the ship and gallivanted but then you leave and so it wasn't possible to to really forge super deep connections and um, when I got off of ships, started going into this like sex coach world, eventually found Jordan. It was one of the big things that I like knew this is an aching like hole in my soul, my existence, in my life. I'm missing out on something like I want community, not this airy fairy shit that I came in contact with when I was in Encinitas, California. I was like, that is not it. And then, and then I went to Boulder and I was like, oh, that is on another level. I was like, where are the grounded motherfuckers like that I can get down with and also talk about this spiritual breathwork experience plus all of the other shit I've done since then. And they can be real with me, you know, basic bitch one minute. And then the next minute it's like, oh, let, tell me about your last ayahuasca journey, like <laughs> range. I was looking for that range. And fuck, when I got to Austin, um, and that's this next piece that I want to have a chat with y'all about is how have you gone into figuring out who your people are and basically this like dating process? Because when I got here, I told myself, Alexa, you're going to find it in Austin because you're going to prove to yourself that you are not running. It's not now this location. Because I kept telling myself that it's, it was California or it was New Orleans or it was wherever I was. It wasn't me. It was where I was and it was what was available to me. So I told myself that when I get to Austin, you are going to prove to yourself that you're not running and you're going to take responsibility for this and you're going to do something. So I started going to women's oriented group gatherings like it was my fucking job. I showed up at all the things and I am, I am an introverted extrovert. My human design, 6'2", role model hermit. It is not the most comfortable thing for me to do. And at first I was like, fuck, it's me. I kept leaving those events and I was like, it's me. I hate it all. Like I'm hard to get through to. I'm hard to connect with. I like have this resting bitch face that I know it's there. I put it like, I don't know. I just, just had a moment. And, um, and then really hope was restored when I met Taylor Lou coaching Dixon nations here. Hope, hope was restored because, um, I was facilitating at a women's circle, begrudgingly so. 
and she made eyes with me. And then we went on a wine date. And it it was one of those moments where I left the wine date and I like got I got in the car after we after I exited the vortex that was our wine date and I messaged Jordan and I was like I don't know if this was as good as I think that it was. I'm a little confused and I'm very excited. <laughs> Oh my God. So chime, chime in Taylor Lou coaching Dixon nation. <laughs> Your special name for me. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That was such a special night. And what was even more interesting about it is that a friend of a mutual friend of ours had been gushing about this couple that moved, had moved to Austin recently. She's like, their names are Jordan and Alexa. You would love them. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I might a, run into them a at person some point. From Encinitas. Yeah. I was like, might run into them at some point. We'll see. And then I went to this women's circle and I saw you, I witnessed your facilitation. And I was so impressed. I was like, holy shit. There's this like strength and power to this woman that was so attractive. And it, the first thing that I felt was like, wow, this is like my, my match, like my equal, like someone who I really respect and who can meet me. And then I think I came up to you afterwards and I was like, I can't remember exactly what I said. You gave me some rose petals. <laughs> <laughs> You gave me some leftover rose petals from the exercise you were facilitating. Do you still have them? No. <laughs> no. Um, but, and then when we got together, it was like, it was also perfect timing because my partner and I had a really tight knit group of friends who had just all left Austin. Like it was this mass exodus of our, our best friends. And I was like, okay, bye. And all of a sudden, I, in the span of like a couple weeks, I met the most incredible people that I knew like, okay, these are going to be my new friends. Like I just knew it. And new people kept being added to that, a DU being one of them. And who I met through Alexa, we went to a branding workshop together. That was our first date together. <laughs> so random. But I was super excited to meet you because I knew like Alexa was very excited about you. A few other people were really excited about you. And I was like, okay. Is this another one of my people? Let's see. Let's see. And I feel like we just had an amazing conversation that night. And yeah, since then, we've all just been hanging out. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about your story that you just told is that where there's on one side of the spectrum of like Taylor, like knowing when she finds her people. And then you did a lot of work and troubleshooting and attempting and trying and failing before finding that person. And I think that that is way more similar to what I had to go through where it's like, I had to get out there and meet a bunch of people that didn't end up becoming my people before finding you guys. You know, it just, there's a lot of people that I hung out with and tried to get to know and really like spent the time. And it's overwhelming because time is a very valuable resource that we don't have a lot of. And we're all really busy people and we don't want to waste our time and we don't want to go and do things. And it would have been so much easier to just stay home and work. 
it really would have been so much easier to just stay home and work or to stay home and watch a movie with Michael. And I just knew that I wanted female friendships in my life. And I had to go through the discomfort of I went also to one of those women's circle events. And it's like not where I want to be. This was before I realized I was spiritual. And <laughs> and I just like didn't really want to go, but I also realized that I can't be continuing to complain about not having female friendships and not doing anything about it. And so I had to like fall on my face a bunch of times and be that like really awkward, like, hey, do you want to go for a coffee with me? I like your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I do that, but- yeah, I mean, you're like you're like the model, of, like I want to aspire to be like you in the way that you attract friends you're a really great friend attractor for sure Mm. so even more threads of connection are our partners all falling in love with each other too kind of separately too yes so i remember going to a thing that was just a brunch it was like a brunch thing i went to it i was not it overly impressed just like because it was a thing is like a feeling a networky feeling thing and I went and I chatted with a couple of people and then was ready to go and Jordan was there and I'm like where's Jordan Jordan's gone find Jordan in the corner with I didn't know who it was I didn't even look at the man because I was ready to go and so I just said hey I'm ready to go and he I says to the guy imagine you like Jordan it's time I'm like hey it's time and he's like all right it's time he is like, man, it was really great to meet you, blah, blah, blah. I start making my way to the door. I grab my bowl from where the potluck was. I'm like making our way. We leave and, and he's like exchanging numbers with this guy. I didn't even look at him. It winds up being Jared, who is Taylor's fiance. Oh, what a fun word. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Uh, he was, he was broing with, um, with Jared. No, we hadn't met yet. Yeah. And so Jordan was busy making friends with Jared. And I don't even remember how we pieced and all Michael. that that together. So then Jordan was at Paleo FX. And we went to like an after party meal. And then he he met Michael. And I think he like came home to you and was like, I met this guy. Yeah, I was at a retreat in Arizona and just checked in with Jordan that later that night. And I was like, how was paleo effects? And he was like, oh, it was like, it was paleo effects. It was what he he's been many times. And I said, how was dinner? Dinner was dinner. And then he said, but I met this really cool guy and it wound up being Michael. So I love that we all have these meetings, you know, our partners met and they fell in love and all of that. And anyway, we wind up getting invited to go out for dinner you weren't there, but Jared was there. And I think that was when I first met Jared. You weren't there. And it was for Sonny's oh, birthday. Adi was there, right? But Adi yeah. and Michael were there. We sat across the table from each other. So it was a big, big, long table of people for another friend's birthday. And Adi and I were in right in the middle. And our conversation kept cutting the, the group in half. <laughs> falling in love exactly it was it was that moment we again were making eyes at each other and then she just goes do you want to do something do you want to go yeah. lingerie shopping i because i was in my mode of asking girls on dates too. no because because she is a sex coach so i was like 
Do you you probably like lingerie. So I thought <laughs> I was trying to think how could I connect. <sighs> and I remember you asked me yeah because i want because we were already going <laughs> and we did we went lingerie shopping and you made a purchase and that was the last that was for your photo shoot before you were getting pregnant and the whole drive to is the second time we've ever hung out the whole way on our way to the lingerie store you're telling me about how you're getting ready to get pregnant yeah. and now Whoa. we have shy That's mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. yeah so lots of threads of connection and our even more extended friend community, even more synchronistic, like how the like divine guidance has had to have played a role in this. Because otherwise, how the hell do we all come together from all over the United States? Mostly. I think I'm we're from all Canada. in Canada. I was going to say in I'm North Canadian. America. I'm the token all, Canadian. All over North America. Sorry. <laughs> so I have a question for each of you uh, that I would love for y'all to weigh in on um, because that's like our history and how it came to be. Um, this whole concept of going all in on your friendships, because that's we've said it now a few times. What does it mean to you to go all in on your friendships? And then what does it take to maintain this? Um, for me, going all in on friendships means be uh, like n- not being committed to never sweeping things under the under the rug. Like that's like a huge aspect of it. I'm sure I could keep talking about all in all the time. That is one big aspect. Meaning, if I have a something that you've done that has irritated me, or something that you're doing that I feel like isn't serving you, and I'm watching it happen, I'm committed to t- saying something to you about it which means that I'm willing to risk our relationship for the better of our relationship because I and I and I think you have to be willing to risk the relationship and that means when that happens something occurs where your relationship builds its own self-esteem of the ability to get through hard things and when I can go through conflict with you or tell you hey you know when you did this, I felt X, Y, Z way. And then we can work through it. On the other side of that, your relationship becomes stronger. And for me, all in is going through those types of experiences. Um, And I also think all in on the other side, on the positive end of things is being there when your people need you to be there. And that's not when it's most convenient for you and it's not when it's you have time and it's not it's not like that it's when you are you take the initiative to show up and be there for your friends um and you check in on them and you know what's up with them and you don't there's i have friends in my life where every time we hang up hang out it's like i'm catching them up all my entire life because we ha- we haven't been staying connected whereas I don't need to catch you guys up on my entire life. Every time we see each other, we know peripherally what's happening or we're staying connected in other ways. And we, I'm sh- I think one of the other questions is how do you do that? Um, for me, that is all in. Like when I had a meeting that I didn't have childcare for, I called Lex and I was like, hey, do you have an hour to come and watch the baby? Because we have a really important meeting. She was here. And I asked her because I knew there wouldn't even be a question of whether she would say yes or not. And to me, that is like being all in in friendships. 
Yeah, that's a big part of what I was going to say. It's pretty simple to me. It really boils down to you are there when you say you're going to be there. Like that to me is like the holy grail of friendship. Like you're just, we have this thing that we say now, fuck yes, friends. Mm-hmm. And did Bea make that up? No, it's, um, I think it's Priya. Priya, Ag- Ag- Priya the, the person who created Daybreakers. Rada. 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 She, I think she, in her book, talks about fuck yeah, friends. Well, we have adopted it. And we've yeah. given I mean, it. We invented it. We, we've invented and adopted and all the things. And I think that um, really resonates with me because I've had so many flaky friendships in the past. And that was like a big thing for me moving to Austin is like, I just have no room or desire for flaky friendships. Like I want the people who I can count on. I want the people who are going to be there for me and I'm going to be there for them, like fully invested. You go to all the things, all their things, baby showers, engagements, this, that you're just there. If you can be there, you're there. And something I've learned this year is that you can't have a ton of all in friendships, all in friendships take a lot of time. Like it's a, it's a commitment and it should be a commitment because that's just like your romantic partnership is a commitment. Um, so that's when a huge lesson to me is, is really choosing those all in friends wisely and just learning to be a better and better friend through that. Like I, I always felt like I was a good friend and now like through these relationships, I'm like, wow, I can see so much opportunity for growth. And I learned that from watching everyone else in the way that they show up for each other. And, um, so I feel like I've grown so much as a friend by being in a group of all in friends. Um, and I think that really comes down to like, how do you do that? Like you just fucking show up. There, there's something when you say the, the, you do what you say you're going to do and you show up because you say you're going to show up. There's something that happens when that is a commitment that you make, because when you can't show up, there's this honoring of that person not being able to show up because you know they wouldn't just do that off a whim. Like if you say you can't do something for me or if Lex says you're not going to show up, I know that's you you really thought about it and whatever it else is that you had to do is important and it matters. And I I'm just like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. you know, that's it makes sense. Cool. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt me the same way that like a flaky friendship it's like annoying when a flaky friendship just bails if you guys bailed last minute on me i would know for sure it's like there's a really good reason that you're doing that and you don't even have to explain it to me because i just know that you guys are so committed to honoring being there and what a beautiful thing to be able to trust someone's no and someone's yes like i knew i know if you could you would be here god that's just like my whole nervous system just relaxes when I think about that. Yes, we will drive 35 minutes from the east side to Lakeway for you. Welcome to Lakeway. <laughs> 30, 35 minutes with no traffic. Good thing we have a dope house. That's all I have to say. Yeah. You guys would never come out there. Mm. Y'all are way better than the dope house, though. So just so you know. So people who are listening to this, I, I would love to give them some. This was not a question that I was planning, but it came to mind some ideas of what a bad friend is. I mean, you've been saying some things that you really 
value and you've learned to value it now finding these all in relationships and what that means to go all in and all of that. If you were to maybe list out some things that these are the things that I either saw in myself or I saw in others that made a friendship go sideways or south or something like that, and then flip it. And these are the things that I am now looking for in a friendship to potentially court for a friendship. Well, we're not looking for any new friends. So, right. No new friends. <laughs> Just kidding. I love new friends. <laughs> That's true. She does love new friends. I'm like halfway and Lex is like none. <laughs> We're a good trio. Um, a bad friend. Someone is a bad friend if they only want to be your friend to get something and not give anything. Like you're my friend because of some, maybe you want some type of status or you want something I have. Um, like a conditional friendship. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's not a good friend. I mean, I've already said this inadvertently, but the flakiness thing, that's really big for me. Um, and then I think those those friends where you hang out with them and you realize that they haven't asked you a single question. Ooh, that's about a big yourself. one. Big, big, big. And it's just like they've been talking about their, themselves the whole time and there's no back and forth. Like I love to talk about myself and I also Everyone love loves to, to ask talk questions about, about my friends. Like, so how was that for you? What's up with you? Like feeling that natural back and forth um, versus like, wow, this person never asks about my life, but they think that we're best friends. For sure. Because people love talking about themselves. So the fact that you ask them a lot of questions makes them like you. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And it doesn't even cross the radar like, oh, I have never asked how they are. <laughs> um, I think a bad friend is somebody that doesn't remember important things that you tell them. Like you have how many siblings? Your parents live where? Mm -hmm. Your you what do you do for a living again? Like if they don't remember those things, a good friend is somebody who like remembers my parents, like what, like what's a, what they're about or like what my sister does for a living or like just like different things. The little things pays attention. Yeah. Pays attention. I think if I, I'll weigh in too, bad friendships when it feels like there's so much drama in the person's life that everything that they bring is with like a like a cloud of emotion that is that just requires work and it's exhausting when people are exhausting and they feel as though doing the work is really just communicating it and word vomiting it all over in the you know in whoever their friends are and so they're just the this project that always needs help and assistance. And it appears that on the surface that they are doing something about it, but they're not really doing something about it except burdening the rest of their friends with this heaviness. So the drama for sure. And then I think, which I haven't experienced much of this, uh, but I know that this is a thing. Um, and we got this phrasing not that long ago, but when someone has leaky sexual energy. So when... Yeah, leaky sexual energy. And that could be there's like people who are partnered and they're kind of just throwing it around. It's a little too flirty or not no, not really honoring boundaries or not containing their uh, energy in that way. That can feel unsafe, I think. 
Um, yeah. So those, so if you're listening and you're like, Ooh, that's probably me. <laughs> well, just stay tuned. Cause I'm sure we will figure out an online product for you. <laughs> <laughs> just check back in with us and maybe we'll have how to build a best friend tribe or whatever. <laughs> Can I still say tribe? No, no, no more tribe. How to been build a f- best friend group. community community okay and so i think that you've also so then the counter to those things someone who is very present with you that shows up not necessarily on time well no because then you would not hang out with us i feel like that's something you guys could work on (laughs) and the truth comes out i mean you also heard it first ladies and gentlemen you also could be later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no uh, guys I do think that you could work you, that pros way outweigh the cons but being late is just not a cool thing to do I also <sighs> think that it might be a part of my DNA no, like my literal I feel makeup. like it's not a cool thing like <laughs> It's just like it's part of my DNA to just like make people wait for it's me. It's in my human design. So if you could please respect my human design, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> it's written in the stars. I'm just meant to be late. I think that it's good to be on time. See? Yes. There we I go. Know there that we I'm go. In the wrong. <laughs> I know that it is bad. I'm working on it. I still love you guys. So there's just one thing. We all have things we could work on. <laughs> That, if that's the only thing, I'm good with that. Yeah. I think another thing too that factors into this um, is something that also translates into romantic partnerships. And I want to shift into that in a sec, but it's the love languages. You know, I don't know if I know your love languages, but I know if I give you a, a gift, you'll like it. And I know Probably if fair. I come over and spend quality time with you, you'll really like that. And if I say really lovely things to you, yeah. And maybe even if I come hug you. Yeah. My number one is acts of service though. Oh, well, that's Michael's job. Ugh, I hate those people. No, it's not. Oh, you hate those. Yes. First for me all the time. Oh, you're right. You literally do acts of service for me. For shy. She comes over and babysits shy. She like I had a Russian Shun and dinner here. She was here early, early, not late. <laughs> Early, she helped me set up the whole thing. You're like, you're you're one of the most helpful people I know. Like, you do acts of service for me all the time. Just so naturally. Don't yeah, it's like, it's you really, you really, the second you walk into the house, you're like, give me that baby so I can hold him and you go do whatever it is you need to do. Like, you're constantly doing acts of service for me. So I'm a great friend. <laughs> this is really <laughs> what this confirmed. podcast episode is all about, just to be like, how amazing we are but about the partnership and i don't know if this is where you were going to go something really cool that you mentioned the leaky sexual energy uh it's a really new experience i've had close female friendships before that didn't work out this is one that i'm committed to being all in meaning another thing about being all in is that there isn't an exit i don't have an exit on my mind like there there, I know we're going to go through challenging things in our lives and I know we're going to figure out a way to work through it because you guys are all taking care of your own, you're regulating yourselves and you're taking care of your own, you're t- taking accountability for your own stuff first. And then that means we're going to be able to get through it. Um, something that is cool about the partnership piece is that I am not worried that there is this leaky sexual energy. I have many times crawled into Jordan's lap 
and crawled into a little ball. And I'm like, I'm so tiny. And, and no, I didn't do that. I only did that to Michael's lap. And I crawled into Jordan's lap and he's holding me. And and we're talking like our faces super close to each other. And I'm not even for a second worried that that's crossing any boundaries. Like it's just, it's just not. Like we're just, Because yeah. we also know where the line is. Like there's, and there's just that this deep trust as well that like we're all adults and we like, there's not no, that would never cross my mind that anything could happen with my partner with either of you like that would be so insane to me like so much other shit would have to go wrong for that to happen like possibly end of the world like there's no other men alive <laughs> like just, and then you, no you'd way. probably be like all right we'll just share yeah totally like i get it I do. I get it. This is, uh, we have to do this. <laughs> so I love that you crawled in Jordan's lap that one time in particular. I remember, cause I was like pretty early on. That was the night that you conceived shy. Yeah, it was. We think mm -hmm. the legend tells us. Yeah. And, and I remember that and I, it feels really good to be friends with people who are also in partnerships and it feels really good to be to be all in with friends who are all in on their romantic partnerships. That is so healing and so supportive to for me and for Jordan and I's relationship to be surrounded by other couples that actually fucking mean it and are willing to do in their relationship the work that is also required in friendships and in intimacy in general. So um, it's just been awesome. Like the guys bonding and, and just having, having all of the friendship romance, bromance. the bromance, all of it. Lots so, of bromance goes on. Yeah. Something that, um, more or less I want to end our show on is a conversation about how having these connections, female friendships, friendships in general, like this, how do you feel like it impacts your relationship and how do you feel like it has maybe impacted your sex life well i mean just being friends with but i think both of you in particular but lex you like this is what you do for a living it's just there's this constant conversation about sex and love and relationships and new things i my sex life is so different since meeting you it's crazy i have been married for four years and everyone that i've ever met says sex gets boring and sex gets stale and novelty is just not there anymore. And like you, you just fully understand each other. Four years in, we have sex two to three times a week still. And I am exploring and learning new things about Michael that I just didn't know existed or things that I like to do about, like I like things that I'd never explored before solely because we met you. That is like absolutely a hundred percent true. And it is help me realize that this tiny little poppy seed piece of like the huge pie that is sex exploration, like we're only scratching the surface and it's exciting to see how much possibility there is for us in our sex life. And then you and Jared also are so intentional about your sex life and hearing you guys talk about the way that you create experiences for each other and the things that you do and just how much you enjoy each other and you also push ed push edges and boundaries in your own sexual relationship it like it forces you to show up too it's like 
you are more like the people that you spend time with. And the people that we spend time with are really intentional and believe that sex in your relationship is very is, is essential. It's not optional. And pushing the boundaries in your sex life and making it fun and exciting and new, um, we all subscribe to that is going to help us live the best life that we possibly can. So having close friendships that you can talk about it with and not just in a like it's it's if we're free to talk about it we're free to like get into like detail there's no i mean i don't worry that i'm gonna make any of you guys feel uncomfortable it's just not i don't think i could (laughs) especially when it comes to sex like i just don't think i could make you guys feel uncomfortable and it's just nice to have friends that challenge you in that way because I really believe that sex is very closely linked to how successful you can be in life, how happy you can be in life, and the longevity of your relationship. I think that all of those things are so tied. There's been so many times we've had an epic like sex sex magic session and amazing shit happens in my life the next week. Like the next week I get this like new deal or this new client or this new whatever and it's just it's big. I think it's connected. And if nothing else, we're just having amazing sex. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you put it so, so well. I agree with everything that you said. And I think in a really practical way, like the sharing of resources and ideas is so valuable. Like I've through both of you, really, I've come up with so many new ideas and things to try with my partner. And I'm, and that started from day one when I met Alexa, (laughs) because you're the rose petals, the rose petals. She gave me the rose petals and a blindfold. And or maybe I had the blindfold. I can't remember. And I went home and I was like, Jared, we have to try this new thing. And I think we tried it like that night or maybe a few nights later. And like, I just created this like sensory experience for him with rose petals and essential oils and sheepskin rug and all kinds of things. And so that's, I feel like was a really fundamental part of the way that we all came together as well, is that we very much prioritize our relationships, like all in kind of people with our relationships and very committed to, um, actually it's really commitment to the optimization and amplification of all areas of our life. That's really what it is. And sex is a big part of that. And sex for me is like creation energy. Like that's how I get into like my most natural, most vibrant, most magnetic essence is, is through sex and, and sensuality. And so that being able to collaborate on that with your friends is fucking cool. Yeah. It's, um, not everybody has the good fortune of having someone like Lex in their life. Um, but what you can do is just talk about it with your friends. Like, don't be shy. Talk about it. Talk about how much you're having sex. Talk about the way that you're having sex, the new things that you're trying, the things that you've never tried. And then you'll be surprised. Like, all of a sudden, I'm talking to a friend and she's talking about how she uses a butt plug that has like a metal thing inside and it vibrates when they have sex. And I'm like, whoa, I want to try that. Like, I've never even put anything in my butt before. <laughs> Should well, I? You, you could also share this podcast, that sex chick, with your friends. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like some things that, like I'll create a group thread and I'm like, hey, I'm about to create a date night sex experience for Michael. 
what ideas do you guys have? And that thread goes off where everyone's like, oh, try this, try this, try cock worship, try X, Y, Z, like just like, and there's no discomfort around it. I mean, how could your night life not be better if you're having amazing sex, right? It just has to be. And that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Out of there's three of us. We have two mics. It's double mic drop, and we can stop trying to pass this around. That was really amazing. Yes, I agree on everything that you said. Um, I believe that, and I don't know when I adopted this, but I believe that the quality of my friendships is directly connected to the their quality of their sex life, mm-hmm. and how and how um, and that includes how sexually expressed they are being, um, how tapped into their feminine essence are they, how. Um, how easy is it for them to dip into their creative flow? And yeah, it, it's been a really fun journey with y'all of walking my talk and practicing what I preach. And, you know, because I, I am challenged, you know, that's something that we didn't talk about is like challenges in sex and bringing that up to friend groups and that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm really quick in that text thread about what to do for Michael, but it might take me a while before I actually do that thing for Jordan. And, you know, navigating those things, like bringing it up to all of you and being in this work. I so, and I know that y'all are the same. You teach the thing that you need most to, to most learn. And I'm very much that way, um, with sex and sexuality. And I'm so glad that it's like a, a a well, that's just impossible. And now we also have Otis on the couch with us joining for the conversation inside of Adi's lap. My goodness, he is not a small dog either. Hi, Otis. So here is our final, final thing, and it is what would you t- what would you say to someone who's just getting started, or someone who's listening to this podcast and thinks, "Wow, I, I just I really want this in my life. It's time for me to do this in my life." Or maybe even, what advice would you give to yourself before, let's say, three years ago, four years ago, whenever was the t- it was the timeline before? you know, friendships like they are now, what advice would you give that self a few years ago or someone who's just starting on their journey? Well, I have two things. One is I think people have often complimented me over the past several years on on my ability to make friends. And I think it's only in the past couple of years that I've learned how to deepen friendships and have those like really intimate connections. So if you're someone who is wanting to make friends, some advice that I would give to you is to be pretty unapologetic in your pursuit of these friends. I am pretty shameless when I meet someone that I like. I literally just say, I like you. Like, I like you. Let's go to lunch. It's not even let's be, let's be friends. It's let's go to lunch. Like, let's put something on the calendar right now. And I usually make a joke like, yep, I'm that person. Like, if I like you, we're getting together. And it works so well. You'd be surprised at how just being direct about the fact that you want to get together and putting something on the calendar, how well that works. So that's one thing. And then the piece that I've most struggled with, the deeper intimacy, um, I think it really just starts with deciding that you are ready to let people in. And I think a lot of that comes with deciding to let go of the story. Let go of the story that was created from whatever trauma that happened for you when it comes to friendships, because we all have it. 
And so at some point you have to decide to let go of that story in order to let in the new. That was really good. Those are two really good ones. Uh, I think the only one I can add is I had, I felt like I didn't have the confidence to make female friendships. Like I'm not good at it. I'm not good at making female friendships. And I think the only way to build confidence and get good at things is to take action. Anytime you're doing something for the first time or something that you're not familiar with or that you're not comfortable with, of course, you're not confident in it because you're not good at it. And the only way to get good at something is to practice and to take action and to keep doing it. And that is the truth about everything in life. And so what does taking action look like in terms of friendships? It means doing things like Taylor just said, make putting dates on the calendar, making schedules, going up to somebody and saying, hey, like I would I would like I really respect you for this reason or I really resonate with this thing that you did or I think it's so cool that we have this in common. Do you want to hang out or do you want to do X, Y, Z? Do you want to go shop for lingerie? Yeah. (laughs) I think doing an activity is actually a low barrier uh, way to make friends, like go for a walk. I think sitting for a meal can actually be really intimidating because if there's an awkward moment, you're just kind of staring at each other versus if you're going for a walk, it's not awkward to be silent for a minute. Because you're, you can all be looking around, and there's so much happening that you can talk about. Um, so going to like the lingerie, lingerie shopping was there's like quick things to talk about. Like, what do you think about this one or that one? You know, it's easy conversation to make. Um, going shopping or going um, for a walk or doing some type of activity can actually be l- l- not as intimidating as sitting for coffee or going for a meal. Um, yeah, just take action. Take action. Just don't stop until you get it. The only way that you're not going to make friends is if you stop trying to make friends. They're not going to just come find you. And one more thing I want to add, and Alexa has mentioned this a couple of times when we've all kind of talked about what was that shift that brought in more aligned friendships for us. And I think the cold, hard truth is become a better friend. I was waiting. I'm like, is she going to say it? It's the thing I was holding on to become, become a better, a better friend. friend yourself. Yeah, the more yeah. you give, the more you get. What you give is what you get back. And I also, one thing that really helped me is I actually thought if I didn't connect with someone immediately, that they just like weren't for me. And I think actually giving people multiple chances is n- maybe they're not going to be your person. And maybe your people are the people you resonate with immediately, but it's good practice no matter what. And sometimes people just are nervous or anxious or they want to be cool. So they don't actually show up as their true selves the first time that you hang out with them. So it might take a couple times to hang out with somebody. I have a couple friends that are so quiet, like so quiet. But the more I hang out with them, the more they come out of their shell and the more I love them. So I think giving people chances is also good advice. Mm, Yes. It's very much um, the same in romantic partnership, right? When people are looking to call in their, their partner, their person that they want to build their life with, a lot of times the advice that you'll hear the dating gurus is like, you have to become the one. You have to become the friend too. And that can be really tricky, especially if you didn't have that role mo- that modeled for you, or you didn't have role models um, in your life that showcased what friendships were like. Like my mom didn't have friends whenever I was growing up. So I didn't really see her in friendship necessarily. It was very, it was very interesting. I also didn't really see relationships modeled for me either. So 
this has been adulthood has been bumping into shit and going like, oh, I'll figure that out and go figure. I'm an entrepreneur and uh, in a sense and in, in very clever bumping into shit and going, oh, wow, look, that worked or bumping into those 10 different things. And that really didn't work. Um, so definitely becoming the friend that you want to have. And if you look at your life and think, yeah, I am, I'm an amazing asset to someone's life, then fuck yeah, like good, good for you. Amazing. That doesn't mean you're perfect all the time. And if you look at your life and you assess the situation and you're like, I wouldn't touch me with a 10 foot pole. Well, then you get to decide whatever your next step is to healing and growing and becoming the person that, um, that you would want to be friends with. And there's another thing that I say, um, we have another really amazing friend. Her name is Carly. And she was one of the first people that I said this to. And I've said it to her all the time. Um, you know, like almost anytime I meet with her because she's so sweet and so present. And I always look at her and I go, Carly, I love you so much because you are easy to be friends with. She makes it easy. She's responsive. She shows up. And that's the same thing with y'all too. Like there's resonance versus dissonance. Like we drop in and are on the same vibe and the same frequency very quickly. And you're easy. You're easy to say yes to. You make it easy to connect with. And um, I certainly, I mean, if I didn't say it in so many words, but our friendship, being friends with both of you has changed my life. And I have um, one more question for you before we're done, done. And that is Taylor Lou coaching Dixon Nations. Oh my a D, God. A D Casio. Taylor Lou Dixon coaching Nations. T L D C N. Yes. Advanced. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> Taylor, a D. Will you be my bridesmaids? What? No way. Oh my God. How fucking cute. You're so cute. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so happy and excited. Oh, my heart is beating out of my chest. That was damn. I'm so impressed. I can't imagine um, doing the whole process without either of you. And y'all are fuck yeah friends. And I love you so much. And I I can't wait to celebrate that whole thing with you. So many thank times, you. many Let's many 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 yeah. many times. That's what we do. Let's milk it for sure. <laughs> You're southern. That's what they do. Yeah. Let's yeah, like four or five parties at least. Yeah. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Thank you both for coming Aww, on the show. That was so sweet. Love you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week. <laughs>